We'll be beginning our reading at verse 1, and we'll read to part way through verse 7. James chapter 5, beginning at verse 1. This is the Word of God. Come now, you rich, weep and howl for the miseries that are coming upon you. Your riches have rotted, and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver have corroded, and their corrosion will be evidence against you and will eat your flesh like fire. You have laid up treasure in the last days. Behold, the wages of the laborers who mowed your fields, which you kept back by fraud, are crying out against you. And the cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord of hosts. You have lived on the earth in luxury and in self-indulgence. You have fattened your hearts in a day of slaughter. You have condemned and murdered the righteous person. He does not resist you. Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. Amen. We thank God for this, his word. Well, as we approach God's word once again, let's come before him in prayer and ask for his wisdom to help understand these verses. Let's pray. Father, might you help us now to see clearly the truth of your word to us this morning. Might you remove any distractions from us and help to focus our hearts and minds on the words of James to see clearly how you call your people to live as part of your kingdom. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I wonder, is anyone here a big fan of ABBA? I can remember when I was younger, and I wasn't expecting to be here, but I'll tell the story anyway. I remember when I was younger, every time my dad picked us up from anywhere, he'd always put on music by ABBA, and it was always those songs from Mamma Mia. Now, I, I have come to love ABBA in my, well, now I'm more mature, but <laughs> when I was a lot younger and a lot more uncultured, well, I always hated when he put those songs on. They just really got on my nerves. But thankfully, there was one song that I could say that I enjoyed. There was one song that I could say that I actually quite liked. And that was the song, Money, Money, Money. What a song. I just loved it. Money, money, money must be funny in the rich man's world. All the things I could do if I had a little money. I'm sure you know it. It's a great song. And yet it's only really now when I'm older and actually have to buy things for myself that I can really understand what they mean in this song. I mean, how many of us have ever thought, if I had a little more money, if I had a little more money, then we'd go on that holiday. If I had a little more money, then I'd be able to buy that car. If I had a little more money, then I could retire early. All the things we could do if we had a little money. We're not short of ideas of how to spend it, are we? 
And yet for all the time we take thinking about our money and our finances, it's really not our favorite topic when it comes to church, is it? Money and giving. Perhaps you're even hearing me this morning and you're thinking, here we go again. Church, they're always looking my money. Well, if you look down with me to the passage of James 5, well, we'll see that money is, in fact, the very thing that James is speaking about in these verses. And so we we really can't avoid it. Verse 1, come now you rich. Verse 2, your riches. Verse 3, your gold and silver have corroded. You have led up treasure. Verse 4, the wages of the laborers, and so on, and so on. And so we can know that what we'll be thinking about today, they're not merely the words of RPC. I promise Al hasn't put me up to this this morning to to speak about money. These are the very words of our Lord Jesus Christ. These are the very words that the Spirit of God penned through his servant James. And so as, as much as they might make some of us uncomfortable or awkward, well, we must consider them really carefully. Now, as we consider these verses today, well, there's really two main things that we'll hopefully see. We'll see the difference between giving to the kingdom of God versus the kingdom of self. And we'll see how we are to give to the kingdom as we await the king. Firstly, we see the difference between giving to the kingdom of God versus the kingdom of self. Look down with me to verse 1 to 3. Come now, you rich, weep and howl for the miseries that are coming upon you. Your riches have rotted and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver have corroded, and their corrosion will be evidence against you and will eat your flesh like fire. You have laid up treasure in the last days. You have laid up treasure in the last days. It's actually very similar language to what we read at the start of our service, isn't it? If you you have a Bible with you, please turn with me again to Matthew chapter 6. Verse 19, here in Matthew, Jesus is preaching perhaps his most famous sermon, the Sermon on the Mount. And here we come to a specific section in the sermon where Jesus teaches us about our attitudes to money and to finances. Matthew 6, verse 19. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. See, Jesus, in these verses, he shows us that there is a very clear outline. There is very clear teaching on what God's people should do with their money. Do not lay up treasures on earth. A clear command that we would not hoard our wealth. What instead does Jesus tell us to do? Well, look at the text. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be 
also. That's a really important line for us to think about this morning. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. But pay attention to the wording in that verse. You see, Jesus tells us, Christians, God's people, well, we are to give first, and our heart will actually catch up later. That the the desire will follow our action. Do you see that? Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Your heart follows your treasure. Jesus is telling us that it's actually through our giving to the church. It's through the habit of tithing and offering that God, by his grace, changes our hearts to ones that want to give to his kingdom rather than to self. Jesus says it's as we open our wallets, as we give our resources to the cause of Christ, that our hearts will learn to love godly things. And this is a clear difference between the church and the world. It's a key difference between those who give to self and those who live and give for the kingdom of God are giving to the church. And giving not just in the sense of to the church here in Rich Hill, but to the church further afield as well. As we encourage our brothers and sisters in other churches across our our country and across the globe, even as close as across our county, all of that is learning to treasure God's kingdom with our wallets. And Jesus says, if needs be, then our, our heart will catch up later. Jesus says, where your treasure is, where you open your wallet, there your heart will also reside. And faithful kingdom people, the people of God, well, they will joyfully give to the kingdom of God. Turn back now, please, with me to to James chapter 5. I wonder, can you spot how similar the language here is to to Matthew 6? Look down at at the end of, of verse 3. You have laid up treasure. It's the very same language that Jesus uses in Matthew. And notice, what does James say is wrong with these rich folk? What is their problem? Is it the fact that they have lots of money? Well, no, there's actually nothing wrong in and of itself with being rich. Is it the fact that they're driven to work hard? Well, no, the Bible actually says it's good for us to work. Notice their problem, according to James. It's that they have laid up treasure in the last days. They've done exactly what Jesus tells us not to do. What did Jesus command in Matthew 6? Open your wallet, give joyfully to the kingdom of God, because where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. But that is not true of these rich people that James is speaking to. They've hoarded their wealth. They've lived in disregard to the rapid approach of the day of judgment, and they will reap what they have sown. Their love of wealth has condemned them to judgment. 
And the very wealth that they trusted in, well, it will be the evidence used against them. The evidence that James goes as far to say will eat their flesh like fire. You see, these rich, they will spend and they will give, but it will always be on themselves. It's always for the benefit of them. It's always the benefit, for the benefit of their family or their children. It's never on the kingdom of God. They've given to the kingdom of self rather than to the kingdom of God. And the world today, well, it does the very same, doesn't it? They'll give to absolutely anything except to the work of the kingdom of God, except to the church. See, they'll give to charities for humanitarian work. They'll give to the fight against climate change. They'll give money for a new house, or they'll give money to their children, or they'll give so that they can pay off their mortgage. They'll give and give and give, and they'll keep giving and giving and giving as long as it's to the temporary world of self rather than to the eternal kingdom of God. Friends, James is telling us, God is telling us today that we have to be different. We are his people. We belong to him. And as we belong to him, well, we are to give our time to him. We are to give our energy and our effort to him. And we are to give, yes, even our money to him. That is what makes us different. See, we cannot be the exact same as the world. And yet often, well, we are, aren't we? Often it's as if any time we find more money than we expected, well, we'll find something else to give it to other than to God. We're very good at convincing ourselves that we need a little more money, just like that Abba song. So often we're double-minded, as we've thought about right throughout this letter. We're double-minded. We know we are to cherish and give to God's kingdom. And yet when it comes down to it, we'd much rather spend or keep money for ourselves. Now, we need to understand that spending money is not wrong. That's not what we're saying today. Spending money for pleasure or holidays or housing or giving to children, none of that is wrong. In fact, some of these things are, are good. But the question we have to ask ourselves is this one. Where does God's kingdom feature in our financial priorities? Where does God's kingdom feature in our financial priorities. What level have we put it up? You see, these Christians in James's day were poor. They were poverty line poor. And yet with the little they had, they remembered the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 6. And so they gave to the kingdom of God, even if often their hearts were slower to get on board with the idea. 
Look down again at verse 4. See how these rich men continue to give to self. See how they continue in sin. Verse 4 well, tells us that they defraud their workers of their wages. These men are so obsessed by wealth that they'll actually give to self at the expense of others. They seek to exploit the poor in order to hoard more riches for themselves. But see the end of that verse. What do we read? The cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord of hosts. The cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord of hosts. Such a sentence should terrify the wicked. To know that the cries of your own workers have reached the ears of the God of justice. That the God of angel armies, the most holy and powerful and righteous one, hears their prayers for deliverance. To know that God will bring justice upon the wicked. Verse 5. Yet these rich men, they still go on to live in luxury and in self-indulgence. And all these verses, well, they lead up to this sentence in verse 5. You have fattened your hearts in a day of slaughter. That is exactly what the world does as they live and give to self. They fatten their hearts for the slaughter. David Gibson well, he compares this to, to a turkey on the lead up to Thanksgiving, as we were, were thinking about in our kids' talk. For weeks and weeks, this turkey lives in luxury. They live the best life that they could ever imagine, eating the tastiest grain, the best of food, constantly feeding and enjoying their food, all that's given to them. And yet, all the while, unaware that the bigger and the fatter that they make themselves, the closer that date comes to Thanksgiving and the sharper that knife gets. And the same goes for the world as they fatten their hearts, as they live their best life, as they listen to the lies of, of you do you, or it's your money, spend it however you want to. You see, the common denominator is that it's all about self. They completely neglect the fact that all good gifts are from the Father in heaven. And so as a result, as they live in self-indulgence and give to selves, well, they fatten their hearts in a day of slaughter. Knowing such a fate awaits the world, well, it challenges us, doesn't it? It firstly helps us not to, not to envy the rich. Many of us by nature would have this tendency to long for more wealth, long for celebrity, but why would we envy those with such a fate as this? And it also encourages our love for those in the world around us, doesn't it? It encourages us to spread Christ's good news that we can be delivered from such slaughter if we come to trust in him, if we trust in the person and the work of Jesus. And it warns us again not to overindulge ourselves in the things of the world. 
Now, it is true that there are indeed times for celebration, that there is times to feast or to treat our loved ones. But to live a life of constant consumption and self-indulgence, well, it is not Christ-like. In fact, it's worldly. That is what the world does. And in a world dominated by cost of living or mortgages or rent or save the pennies, well, as God's people, we should want to give more and more generously. While the world is busy hoarding and storing and consuming, we are to be people who give and love and serve others with our money and with our resources. While the world continues to sing that famous Abba song, If I Had a Little Money, well, God's people turn and say, No, what I have is a blessing from my Heavenly Father. And even though money is tight, even though I might not have a lot, well, I want to give back to Him because it's all His anyway. All I have is His, all I have is from Him, and all I have is for Him. We as God's people are called to give to the kingdom of God rather than to the kingdom of self. And so if we choose to live soft, pampered lives at the expense of giving little or not giving it all to the work of God, well, such a thing is sinful. And I know a lot of us this morning will not like to hear it, but it is true. Look down to James 4, verse 17, which we thought about last week. Whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is a sin. And so we know to give to God's kingdom is the right thing to do, and to fail to give then is sin. God calls us as his people to give to the kingdom of God rather than to the kingdom of self. That's our first point this morning. We are called to give to the kingdom of God rather than to the kingdom of self. But what we also see from the first part of James 5 is that we are to give to the kingdom as we await the king. We are to give as we await the king. You'll be glad to know that this is a much shorter point, so don't be worrying. Look on to the first half of verse 7 with me. Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. Now, we'll consider these verses next week, and so I don't want to step on the toes of next Sunday's sermon. But we see, don't we, the whole reason that James has wrote the previous six verses be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. James is saying to us, in the midst of this world, in the midst of this world where the rich hoard for themselves and the worldly give to the kingdom of self, well, he encourages us to be patient as we await the king. We are to be patient. You see, James understands how difficult this command to give can be when surrounded by a world that prioritizes giving to self, well, for us to prioritize giving to the kingdom of God, well, that can be difficult. 
And in fact, the Christians that James writes to in these verses, well, they know that to be true as well. As Christians at this time, well, they were oppressed and persecuted by the rich. We read of that in verse 6 and 7 of chapter 2. Turn with me there quickly. This is what James says as, as he writes to warn the church to not show favoritism to the rich. This is what he says. Are not the rich the ones who oppress you and the ones who drag you into court? Are they not the ones who blaspheme the honorable name by which you were called? You see, James in these verses, well, he understands the trials the church is going through because of these rich men. And so he writes to encourage the church in faithfulness to continue living in obedience to Christ and specifically in these verses of chapter 5 to continue in their generous giving. Their Father in heaven knows it can be hard for them and so through James, he graciously encourages them to keep giving to the work of his kingdom. And so today, Christ offers us the same encouragement to live patiently in obedience to him and to give as we await the king. Christ offers us grace and encouragement through the letter of James today as much as he offers us a challenge as well. As those around us prioritize the hoarding of wealth so that they might live in luxury and self-indulgence, well, he says to us, be patient. Continue to give as you await the king. The king is coming, but we are to be patient as we wait. As we warn the world of the wrath that is coming to those who, who give to self, and as we give faithfully as we await the king. Brother or sister, if you know Jesus this morning, if you are following Jesus, well, give thanks once again for all that he has given to you. Give thanks for how he has provided for you abundantly with resources or finances. And pray that he would help you in a time of, of stresses and fear not to be like the rich not to withdraw and simply just fill the bank account labeled me, me, me. Not to focus on a self-preservation fund, but to continue to live for the kingdom of God and to joyfully give to his church. May we all, as our Lord encouraged us to do, may we know that where our treasure is, well, there our hearts will be. Also, where our wallets are, there our hearts will be also. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word to us this morning through James. Might you help us to be people who joyfully give to your kingdom rather than the kingdom of self. Might you make our hearts ones that long to give. And Father, as we live now in a, in a culture that constantly tells us to give to self, might you help us to be patient as we await your return. 
Might you help us to remember that the King is coming, that Christ is returning. Would you help us to be patient people as we continue to give as we await the King? Father, we pray all of this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen.